quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, guy. On location, the ultimate yes guy, on location in Vaughn. Wow, this is a thrill. Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. Mr. Lefko, how are you this morning? I am so excited. It's our first time doing a show together. That's right. It's reunited and so excited. Yes, and I love the plexiglass between us. Easy, man. I might hit you, okay? <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of us is in prison. <laughs> By the way, today is my anniversary, 35th anniversary, so hello to... To my wife Jane, okay, Lady Jane, Lady Jane. When, uh, there must be a trophy presentation later today because she's put up with you for at least thirty-five years officially. Guy, can you just let? <laughs> why do you have to say that? <laughs> well, I think people that know you would understand. Yeah, yeah, okay, guy. Uh, so here we are in Vaughn, and if you're listening on Sunday morning, you're going to recapture what we went through on on Saturday. This is the Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer Tournament, and uh, everybody's all excited. We're going to have. Uh, our good friend uh, Steve Merkel will be by Merkel will be by uh, very shortly. Uh, he's the co-founder of this event, so Steve will be with us very shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got some ground to cover. And I know you're excited to to watch me do these reads because we're never in the same location. So, ready for the hockey season? Shop the Fox 40 Call, the official whistle of the NHL on fox40shop.com. The call is used by all NHL officials in every game, named after the late legendary NHL official John McCauley. Use the code Yes Guy at checkout for fifty. 15% off your order. Looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, has 26 award-winning years of real estate experience. So, looking for the level of experience and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call her at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody and doesn't live too far from where we are right now. So um, let's talk about the week that was. Busy week for the Raptors and Leafs with more to happen on the weekend. Uh, but the, the Leafs story is obviously Morgan Riley's contract. I like it. Uh, I like it, but what are they going to do next year? They're already up against the cap now, so they're going to have to blow up part of this team next year. Well, they have to move some money out, absolutely. A lot of money out. They don't yeah. have much money now. Yeah, but, I mean, they're in a position where you sort of let things happen and you make your decisions based on what's happened. Yeah. I think they've done the preemptive stuff. They've, they've signed the right people, and, and so you know, I, don't, I don't think that Morgan Riley's going to be a, a reason for failure. He's, he's part of the core, so uh, that's what you look after, and, and you have to find the other pieces. I thought if they didn't get it signed during the year and they had to make some sort of a trade to acquire some assets, he would have been the one to move. But he's been here since day one. And will be till the end. Yeah, theoretically, that guy could have been the captain. They made John Tavares the captain, but Morgan Riley, I think, you know, in the dressing room, he is probably like the captain. Yeah, so that's that's the hockey story. The basketball story centered on two guys, one local, Delano Batten, a second-round pick for the Raptors, who is just absolutely stupendous, comes off the bench, and, and the building literally lights up, and so does the rest of his team. And then Scotty Barnes is, is stupendous as well. What a rookie. Two rookie stories, first and second-round picks in the NBA. That doesn't happen very often. No, and again, when you have a local guy, that's even more to the point, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. everybody in the building there wants to cheer for the guy, a local guy. Yeah, so we're going to bring in Steve Merker now. He is the uh, the co-founder of this uh, Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer tournament that goes on in, in Vaughn on Saturday. Uh, and uh, there's, I mean, it's it, it's not great weather, but there's a lot of people out here getting going. And we're going to get uh, Steve mic'd up, and uh, there he is. 
Steve, how are you this morning? I'm great. How you doing? Good, good. Nice to have you here. Uh, and, and so just take us through how all this started. Well, over about, uh, well, 11 years ago, we, uh, we looked at our fundraising portfolio, and we had a bike ride, we had a walk, we had all these different things, but we had nothing that spoke to men in their 40s, 50s, even 30s, and uh, we said, we got to do something with hockey. It's Canada's game. How can we transform Canada's game in a good, purposeful way and create an event that can raise a lot of money to help conquer cancer? And uh, so we came up with Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer, launched it in 2011. Here we are. Ten years later, we've raised $25 million. Great. Um, and, you know, and it goes to support Princess Margaret, which is saving lives every single day. Okay, Steve, when you were growing up, did you play road hockey, and who was your road hockey guy? You know who my, I absolutely played road hockey. I, you know, I don't think kids are playing road hockey the way that we did growing up. Well, you could actually use the road then. Yeah, we played road <laughs> hockey. And you know who my guy was? I was Marcel Dion. Oh, beauty, For beauty. whatever reason, yeah. I love Marcel Dion. Yeah. And I got to meet him uh, a couple years ago because he's got a, a thing going on in uh, Niagara, uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. And um, Yeah, but he was my guy. So when I scored, I was like Marcel Dion wearing the Kings. Uh, purple and uh, yellow jersey. So, so what did you do in your road hockey game that that stole from Marcel Dion? Because this is part of the, the when you play road hockey, you, you try to become this person, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? The first game I played today, I was I was uh, goalie. So, if I if I recall correctly, you guys might know better than me. But was Rogi Vachon? Was he also on that team with with Marcel? Yeah, absolutely. So I was Rogi Vachon today. So I don't know if some of the listeners even remember that name, but yeah, that's who you? that's who I was today, playing net in the rain, um, but enjoying every single minute of it because it brought me back to my youth, and you know, but in a purposeful way. My wife is a cancer survivor 25 years now, and uh, so I look at her and her success, and she's alive and thriving today, and I want to make sure that we can have more success stories like that. So, you know, put it on the pads, raising money for, for cancer research. You know, there's no better way to kind of enjoy today. You know what I like about this? Not everybody plays ice hockey, but everybody has played road hockey, and everybody's probably said car at one point, right? So the idea, why did you sort of gravitate to road hockey? Was it because not everybody plays ice hockey? Absolutely. You know, we uh, we looked at some other ice hockey fundraisers and said, you know what, we need something that can go can scale right so so new canadians can play and and i have a, a friend a, a a woman who's from iran she's never played hockey she first got the hockey stick she held it upside down she didn't even know how but she wanted to raise money she wanted to participate in this event her team pirates of the caribbean is the top all-female fundraising team and so absolutely she's just here to enjoy and participate in canada's game and raise money to help conquer cancer now, tell me, did you have a toothpick stick? You might be, you might not be old enough to have. You had the toothpick stick. Absolutely, the toothpick <laughs> stick. I, I, my, my son's. Uh, you know, I grew up playing uh, also road hockey with him, and so I have this old wooden coho, and it is like literally, it's probably illegal, but it's yeah, the toothpick. You could go over the net five feet in front of the net. If you if you took a slap shot, you'd clear the net. Absolutely, <laughs> sky high. You know what my greatest member of road hockey was? I got one of those old masks, and as oh, soon yeah. as I put it on, everybody aimed for my face. Right? Yeah. Those are the memories <laughs> I have of road hockey. Everybody has some memory of road. It, it is so Canadian, is what I'm saying. Well, and those orange balls, right? They make they sting, <laughs> and uh, you walk away with like welts all over your body. So uh, yeah, like the the orange hockey balls, and even when you played with tennis balls, and they got ice hard when you played with them in the winter. Yeah, there's some great memories of road hockey. Yeah, that's when you learn to appreciate the cup. Thing we call the cup. <laughs> the cup. Yeah. Not the Stanley Cup. No, yeah. no, no. The cup. <laughs>
Yeah, number one piece of equipment for the goalies out there is the cup. Yeah, when the shot happens, everybody else goes, oh. Meanwhile, dude's on the crowd, not very happy. So how does it work in terms of people generating money so they can be the top uh, earning teams for charity? Well, there's a lot of different ways that people do it, right? And uh, I actually heard a, a great story from, we have a Team Next Supply has 25 teams here. And they're like a, a plumbing supply company. And one of the, the warehouse teams, they, uh, you know, you know, back in the day when you would guess the number of jelly beans in a jar and you put a, you know, and the winner would win some of the money. So they, they filled a toilet filled with screws and washers and they had all their suppliers <laughs> and vendors try to guess how many screws and washers were in the, the toilet and they had to, you know, pay money to guess. And they raised like their team between all these fun things that they did and then asking their friends for a little bit of support, they raised over $30,000. So, you know, it's amazing how many people have been touched by cancer and you just send an email and say, hey, I'm, I'm playing in this thing called Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer. You know, please donate to my, my personal page and people step up. Like people you don't even realize might be affected by cancer cancer they drop $200 donation on your personal page and it just ladders up right like these teams we have a team that has raised um, like over $100,000 like it's it's crazy when people want to put their you know passion behind purpose and that's what's happening here today well and take us through the growth I mean that this thing is uh, it's morphed over 10 years we got a great facility here even though the the weather's not so great but you got rinks outside in the big 10 area over there and, and a lot of big-name people which we'll hear over the course of the afternoon yeah, well, so the top fundraising teams can draft a, a celebrity. We had our draft night last night at uh, Steam Whistle. Um, Jaina Hefford actually was our number one pick, uh, which was uh, exciting. And then we had, who else? I think Wendell Clark went second, and Jeremy Roenick was the third or fourth, and Ken Reed was in there. So, um, you know, the higher you fundraise, the better you get to draft. And so there's this great thing called competitive fundraising, which we benefit from. And it's like, it's competitive, but it's, with purpose again and uh, so all these teams are fundraising like crazy to be higher in the draft and then we have the draft night and they and they pick all the celebrities we had 25 celebrities drafted last night and uh, and then today we announced that we raised over two million dollars and you know the history of this event we started out back in in 2011 and every year we raised a little bit more a little bit more we we broke the Guinness Book of World Records for the the largest hockey fundraiser um, a couple of years ago, and then in the middle of a pandemic, this event has continued. And so this isn't our biggest fundraising event, but the fact that we're doing it in the middle of a pandemic, we raised over $2 million, is pretty special, And you know, which means people really care about this, this cause and they want to support. So that's uh, a little bit of the history, and it's, uh, you know, we're looking for 10 more years. Um, after, yeah. yeah. You know, I was told that you wanted to have this event this year. I mean, you rolled the dice, said we'll try to get it later rather than not have it at all. So I, in terms of the 10-year history of this event, is this one maybe stand out more than the other for that specific reason? Uh, absolutely. You know, we, you know, every year we usually do this in September. We were kind of reading the tea leaves with COVID, and uh, we said, you know what, we might have a window of opportunity. If we push it back to the end of October, um, we asked the, like, our team captains, like, what do you think? Would you participate if we went in person? And all of them were like, absolutely. Because you know what, if you just do something virtual, you're not going to get much money raised but if you go big do it in person you're going to make a difference and uh, so we don't have all the teams we normally have like I think we have 112 teams here today normally we have 150 to 160 but those 112 teams raised over two million dollars because they have 
meaning in their fundraising and their meaning in their gameplay. And they're here today playing in the rain because they want to help conquer cancer. They want to help support Princess Margaret, which is one of the top five cancer centers in the world. So you're the VP of Business Development for Princess Margaret Foundation. What does that job mean to you? Well, I, you know, that's the, the, the corporate title. But, you know, uh, I'm, I take care of all the events. I love the events. I love talking to the people, hearing their stories, hearing their why. So we have bike rides and runs and walks and hockey and even now an e-gaming um, program called Quest. And, and to me, it's, it's that, the sense of community. Uh, I call it this intangi- or, uh, uh, emotional camaraderie because you go around and you talk to the players here today and everyone has a cancer story. And, uh, in fact, one guy I was talking to, um, he, was, he got emotionally, he was talking to me about his, uh, his kid who, who didn't make it through cancer. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry, Steve. I, didn't, I told my wife I wasn't going to download on anybody. I said, you know what? This is what inspires me. I'm glad you're telling me why you're playing here today. And, uh, and that inspires me. You know, and I've got my own you know, connection to cancer, as I mentioned, with my wife. But everyone has a story. And so hearing those stories and then seeing people out here, uh, one of our doctors today talked about the suffering that, can, that sadly can take place. And we're kind of suffering here in the rain today, but it, it's nothing compared to what you know, cancer patients are going through. So it's always just a constant reminder that we've got to keep, keep doing and supporting you know, cancer research to help the patients in the future pay it forward. You talk about cancer and ringing the bell and how important that is for people who've made it through. Like, you've been around there. It's there. Have, have, do you actually go and see something like that just to sort of even ring? It rings a bell for you in your personal life. Yeah, well, you, the bell is an important thing. So for, for the, the listeners, uh, when p- someone finishes their chemotherapy, we have a, a physical bell outside the chemotherapy um, ward. And so they ring the bell. And they, some people, one person rang it right off of the wall because they were so excited to be done their chemotherapy. <laughs> it's like they're, I'm done, I'm free, I'm hopefully in remission now. And, um, you know, so the bell signifies uh, a lot of different things. And, you know, and, and people have answered the bell today, you know, coming out in the rain and, and fundraising and playing. So, um, yeah, the bell means a lot um, as it relates to cancer. And on that subject, I mean, you know, cancer's been around a long time. Uh, treatment has been around a long time, but the treatment gets better and better. And that's, that's the point of the fundraising. Yeah, well, one of, the, one of the stories I like to share, one of the recent breakthroughs at Princess Margaret was um, – Dr. Daniel D. Carvalho figured out a way to detect the, the micro-DNA particles of cancer in your blood. And so what that enables doctors to do is then attack the cancer in early stages. So, for example, pancreatic cancer, Alex Trebek, right? Right. So uh, pancreatic cancer is a disease that usually doesn't rear its ugly head until stage three, stage four, often way too late, especially for that kind of cancer. But when you get it stage one, stage two, there's chances uh, that you can have treatment and survive. So this blood test could be something you go into your doctor's office, get a blood test. Oh, Steve, you've got stage one pancreatic, but we can do something about it. So that's one small you know, innovation that's happened at Princess Margaret that's fueled by funds raised in events like Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer. Steve, uh, really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys out there maybe playing uh, dangling a little bit uh, later today. I forgot my toothpick stick <laughs> at home. <laughs> I forgot my cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. 
Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Steve Merker, the original co-founder of this event. Uh, we've got John LeClaire coming up next, but we're going to go to commercial first. And let me remind you, if you're an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park, managing broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. Fox 40, proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, 40 Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at fox40shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Segment number two, Yes Guy, Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor, Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable in real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Be heard outdoors with a Fox 40 electronic whistle, 100 decibels at the press of a button. Buy yours now at thefox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. John LeClaire is with us now from the Legion of Doom. John, how are you today, sir? Doing well, doing well. And uh, uh, give us your road hockey story. I mean, you must have, at some point, you must have played road hockey. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's anybody that's played ice hockey that hasn't played road hockey. Uh, I grew up playing road hockey uh, as much as I could. Um, it's a great sport. And we just mentioned the Legion of Doom, and everybody knows with Michael Renberg and uh, with Eric. Do you see any line since then in the history of hockey that has that type of physical dimension? Um, no, not the physical dimension. Um, you know, now, you know, the players now, they seem to be a little bit more on the, you know, they're not small, but they're not the, the large, you know, six, five guys. Uh, there's those guys, but the, the speed that's involved, I don't see the physical aspect that we played with. So, John, when you hopped over the boards with those other two guys, and it was Philadelphia, and even if the game wasn't in Philadelphia, when you're watching, you go, oh, look at these guys. I mean, what did it feel like to hop over the boards for those two guys? You had to be confident. It, it felt great, and, and confidence is a great word to uh, to bring up because um, you had that belief that, you know, every time you went on, you know, playing with those two guys that there's an opportunity to score. So Philadelphia has this great history of the Broad Street Bullies, and you were, you know, after that. But what was it like playing in Philadelphia? Because there's such an emotional, rabid audience. Uh, you know, I feel fortunate. I had a chance to play in Montreal, and then uh, when I played, I got traded. I went to Philly, and uh, you know, the fans there—they're passionate. They love their team. Uh, you know, as much as sarcastically they get on them, and they they do that. Uh, I help. I think it helps keep you honest. But uh, they're always got your back down there, and uh, they're really good fans. Did you ever walk up to the sign guy in Philadelphia and, and lodge a complaint? <laughs> I haven't, but I had a chance. I don't know if you guys seen the tattoo guy. With he's got, uh, you got to see it. Everybody Google it, Philly tattoo guy. But he's got the Philly's mascot on his belly button. That's the closest I've had a chance to meet somebody like that. <laughs> guy, you just took my question. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Did you, what gave you more satisfaction, scoring or goal, or just? Counting someone into the boards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what happens. If he slashed me, that's, there's no you know, better gratification than uh, getting back. But to me, I, I got a high off scoring. It really did. It was uh, just exhilarating. You know, I'm, you know, you still scoring any, a goal in the NHL kind of thing. Uh, it just, uh, it was a great feeling for me. So, uh, you know, again, we talked about the Legion of Doom. That's a line of three guys, and there are three three member lines, but most of them now are two guys and, and sort of a floating partner on the one side. What do you think of that? Um, you know, 
with the, oh, the lines today. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, you, nothing works perfectly. And I think, you know, when you're always trying to tweak things and trying to help, but uh, when you, you know, obviously you have like a, you know, a chemistry like Bergeron and um, Marchand, you, you know that chemistry's there. You don't yeah. have to like feel it out. So it, it's it's a feeling out process. But uh, when you have the, the stellars like that, uh, that line turns into what it should be quickly. John, a lot of people live vicariously through athletes when it comes to hockey players. So what did it mean, as crazy as this sound, to be a professional hockey player? And like, was it, that was your dream at some point? Yeah, I mean, I can still remember my, my first week playing, um, you know, sitting around, you know, watching most of the time because you're not. You went from admiring these guys and, and watching them on TV every Saturday night to, oh, i got to play against them, i got to finish my check against them. It, it's a weird, exhilarating feeling, but you, I don't think you ever, even my last year, lose the excitement that I had, you know, I had a chance to play a, a kid's game all my life, and uh, I'm lucky to play in the NHL. You know, we're fortunate to be here because uh, we call this the center of the hockey universe. But you played in Montreal and you played in Philadelphia. Those are great traditional hockey markets. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, you know, with Montreal, obviously, with the history, and the, it's just kind of um, it's a different, not classy, but it's just a different kind of knowledge. Not that Philly fans aren't knowledgeable, but, um, you know, the things that they want to complain about to Montreal people, they kind of, you know, pick things apart. It's a lot more detailed than you know, what uh, a Flyer fan would be. Um, so, you know, having a chance to, to play in, in Montreal and obviously uh, playing the Forum, uh, yeah. I feel very fortunate. I mean, to me, growing up as a kid, driving up Atwater and seeing the crosses and the, the whole thing with the Forum, uh, I, I feel very fortunate. A lot of people don't really understand Eric Lindros. I think he's somewhat of a paradox. Someone told me that he's a really funny guy. So you played with me, got to know what is Eric, who is well, and what is Eric Lindros. Funny's a stretch, first of all. <laughs> I don't know about funny. Um, you know, uh, I'm still really good friends with Eric. Uh, to me, uh, he's a really good guy. Um, I uh, admire him. You know, he does a lot of things that people don't uh, really realize or read about and things like that. Uh, very generous guy and. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm very lucky that i uh, got a guy like that I can count on. So, John, we're talking to you at the Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer uh, Tournament. What brings you to this? Uh, you know, I, I've done some different uh, events like this, and uh, it, it's great. You get out, you meet these people, a lot of nice people, um, and it's for a great cause. Uh, you know, when you sit there and hear the opening ceremonies and, uh, you know, some of these stories and, and how much support they get. I mean, this is terrific. The support they get from these people financially, and then obviously you can see their commitment to play hockey, and, uh, you know, it's it's a great thing. Were you part of the draft la- uh, on Friday night? Um, kind of. I was there after. I uh, We got in late because we were doing a different uh, appearance, so um, I didn't make the beginning where they actually draft people, but uh, I, met, I met everybody after. When so, you saw your team had a chance to meet them today, did they say, wow, I can't believe you're playing with us? Uh, they were excited. Um, you know, it, it's a great feeling to you too. Um, you know, when they're happy to have you, it, uh, it it makes for a great day, and that's why you really never have a bad day here. Uh, these people are great people, obviously, because you can tell the you know the kind hearts they have by being part of this. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's easy going, and it's just awesome to be part of these guys. So, have you practiced with them at all? Have they seen you shoot? Oh yeah, yeah. We've had like two a days. <laughs> where yeah, of course, dry land, the whole thing we're we're going to be ready yeah i can't wait to see the wind up and people just 
Look out, it's Leclerc. Let him shoot. I, I heard that if you get more space, you don't have to run as much, so I'm up on that. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. If anyone tries to take a run at you, are you going to give them a pass or what? We're going to hopefully have a discussion before it all starts, and everybody <laughs> will understand the rules. <laughs> when, when you watch the game today, how much different is it from when you played? It's not that long. It's not, but it's amazing. Uh, you know, these guys, the skill level, the speed, uh, you know, the goaltending, it's all, and it just keeps increasing, and, and that's what the league does. It keeps improving itself. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great game, fun to watch. Uh, I enjoy it. It's uh, it's good. It's good to see the skill level of these guys. What what could you have done if you, uh, if you had a tablet on the bench? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. You know, it's, uh, they have a lot of things that they have access to, obviously, and, uh, you know, that is fun to go back. I don't know if I'd like it. You go back, I should have scored that. Why didn't I put that in an open spot? So um, it uh, would be different. You know, you talked about playing in Philadelphia and Montreal. Montreal in particular, you know, the dressing room, the crest. Is there something special, almost mystical, about playing for the Canadians? It, it did have that effect. My, I mean, I, I, to this day, I can still remember my first time walking into the dressing room. Um, you know, there, there's an aura around it. Uh, they, they did a really great job of keeping that tradition and, and knowing what playing for the CH was. John, really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. John LeClaire from the Legion of Doom, Philadelphia, and Montreal. This segment is sponsored by Brinley Financial Advisors, Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Brinley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, BrinleyAdvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. I love that equation. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Be heard outdoors with the Fox 40 electronic whistle 100 decibels at the press of a button. Buy yours now at thefox40shop.com Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. YESGUY, the radio show on TSN 1050. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him at on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call. He's standing by, 416-885-1761. Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. We're at the Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer Tournament. Paul Langlois is here from Tragically Hit. Paul, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And what are you up to these days? Well, trying to get through this day, uh, for the most part. But otherwise, I live in Kingston, and um, there's uh, two other hip guys live there, and uh, our drummer Johnny lives in Toronto. And you know, we've sort of started to get a bit more active again, not in playing, but in trying to find old recordings and um, you know, package them up in nice ways that. Uh, people like and so uh kind of zoom calls on that front really but um yeah trying to stay busy like we all did for yeah. the last couple of years <laughs> paul without a word of a lie bob cajun is my favorite song of all time there was a radio station a few years ago that had the top 100 i thought it should have been number one it came to but <laughs> what is your favorite song of you know from your group um, you know, it it varied over the years. You know, there's songs that I really loved playing live, which were, you know, the real sort of rockers like 50 Mission Cap or 100th Meridian. But there are also songs that, uh, like recorded versions that um, I would lean towards, like um, Scared or um, It's a Good Life You Don't Weekend, you know. But uh, it varies. I mean, just we're 
just lucky we had the right bunch of guys and we were all motivated to write a lot of songs. <laughs> so, Concord of Cancer Hockey Tournament, Road Hockey Tournament, obviously special meaning for you. Yes, uh, obviously with Gordon, um, you know, I, I had uh, the privilege of uh, helping his brother look after him in his uh, um, last year or two. And uh, it was amazing to watch. And, you know, I got to know a lot about, uh, you know, cancer touches everybody. And uh, that's really where it touched me the hardest and the most. And um, so this kind of event, which really, honestly, I had no idea that the event was this huge. It's my first time here. The amount, you just look down the list and the amount of money that these people are raising. And, you know, it turns into a, a fun day like this. But... Um, it's really awesome. Cancer affects everybody, and, and um, there's many good people out here, and it's obvious today. You know, that concert that was recorded made into a documentary. How special was that? Because it just seemed people got to see a, an inside view of your band and the closeness, the <laughs> tightness of it. So what was that like? Well, it, the people that uh, made it were um, people we really like, um, and uh, Jennifer and Nick, and... Um, they were very respectful. Uh, we didn't really, um, not besides doing the interviews, um, we were able to just do our thing, and they happened to capture it all on the road with us. They were there every night. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I can't really watch it, but um, I did I did watch it, and um, I thought they did a beautiful job. And really, fortunately, we were playing well, and um, things were going well for us, but uh, the credit would be to them. So I see that you have an original Seals hat. <coughs> yes. Oakland Seals. Well, uh, Dennis Marouk uh, just gave it to me. And uh, apparently in his, uh, he was drafted by the Golden Seals and um, played his first year with them. And then my dad had a buddy from Smooth Rock Falls, which is also the birthplace of J.P. Parisi. That's where he grew up. And my dad was buddies with him. And another guy that played for the Seals named Dick Matusi. And so... Dennis was like, what hat do you want? He had a couple of choices, and I was like, I'll take the seals, thanks. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're going to make a trade. I know that you have to go. You've got like 20 seconds to get out of here, so we're trading Paul Langlois for Wendell Clark. And the draft pick? Or yeah. that no, sorry. And cash. <laughs> and cash, yeah. And cash. Future considerations. How's that? Okay, well, it's nice talking to you guys. Yeah. And, um Here's Wendell right here. He's coming in. <laughs> okay. Interesting change here with the headset. Thank, yeah. Thanks a lot, Paul. Appreciate okay. it. Yeah, you too. Thank you. That's Paul Langlois from uh, Tragically Hip. And uh, now uh, number 17 is going to uh, get mic'd up and, and walk in here. This, uh, Wendell's uh, battling the weather. He's Oh, I like those gloves. Yeah, those are. That's right. That's normal wear, right? Yeah, this is, this is July, August weather in Saskatchewan, this stuff. <laughs> Well, give us your road hockey story. I want to. I want to hear Wendell Clark. Well, how did you play road hockey? Well, back uh, back in the day, growing up, our we as kids, we probably played more road hockey than we did on the the rink because the, the senior team was playing or your buddies are playing. No artificial ice back when I started, so there was. So you'd be playing on the streets, uh, right in front of the rink. That'd be all the games going on. That's where you'd be playing road hockey somewhere. In, in in Calvington in front of the rink. Now, the better question is, what did you use for a puck? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't like these orange balls, as we've seen. We broke a couple out here today. In cold weather, they hurt. <laughs> you know, Wendell, they had the draft Friday night. As I understand, you were drafted second. 
Remember the days of Phil Kessel at the All-Star game, and he waited and waited, he, waited. he was dead last, right? You know, So you must have felt good that you went fairly early. You got it done early, yep. Had to wait all the way to number two this time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're playing, how do you – I mean, there's, there's competitive juices in there still, I know. So how do, you, how do you dial that back? No, I've already told my team. I stand roughly – if you've, if you've watched how I played, I stand right around center ice, and I go a couple strides either way. That's about all the movement. And these are all small rinks out here. It's like the Boston Garden. This is right at home. We love the Boston Garden. You didn't have to skate to try to catch those guys. He ran into Jim Lang in the way here, and I know you and him did the book together. And what was it like participating in a, the story of your life? Uh, well, it's kind of neat because you, when you're living it, you forget everything. You, you really don't, but you, it's 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 in there somewhere. And Jim did a great job of just bringing stuff out. Like you, you know, you'd meet one time and just you jog your memory, then you have stories about it. And uh, yeah, he kept doing that and making you remember stuff that you didn't uh, you didn't think you remembered. But once you start talking about it, then you start remembering uh, um, the chronological, I guess, order of uh, how you how you got where you got. Did you suffer from composite memory? I mean, I I have four. I'll have four things into one. It becomes one day, and actually, it was over four weeks. Yeah, no, no. It uh, it uh, like you say, we you, you don't know what you remember. And I remember we used to do the games. Um, uh, with Joe Bowen, we come in and do the, the old games. Right. And you go, Joe, I can't remember a playoff game in 87 in Detroit. <laughs> and as soon as you put the tape in and watched like a minute of the first period, the whole game came back to you. But it, going into it, you had no idea that you had a goal or what happened. But as soon as you started watching something you played, the whole game comes back. <laughs> so you're a kid from Covington. You came to Toronto. You bounced around. Why is Toronto so important to you? Uh, well, this is, uh, you know, I grew up in Saskatchewan, but I played and lived here longer than anywhere else um it felt like home from day one in 85 how uh, everything came and spent the first nine years um i always say that people you play in your first team uh wherever it is that's I, I, for me anyway but a lot of players that's home it, it really didn't you know hockey really didn't become a job per se until you start getting traded and all of a sudden you understood the business side of everything that goes on uh but before that you're Coming right out of junior, you know, minor hockey, junior hockey, then right into pro hockey, it, it, that was just playing hockey, and you, you happened to get a paycheck for it, but you you didn't understand the job part until you started getting traded. You know, when I think of you, obviously there's all kinds of hockey plays that come to mind. I was just telling a story off air. to uh, I, I remember at the gardens there was a practice, and you did the flick of the wrist at, at the blue line, and it's not a, an exaggerated flick of the wrist. It's a quick flick. That puck just exploded off the glass before I could move. I mean, that that, that was a heavy shot. Um, the other thing I remember about you specifically, and uh, because I did the Leaf games behind the scenes, you, uh, Killer and, and uh, Kirk Muller, uh, the work that was done on your body to get you ready for a game late in your career, I mean, that, that was monumental. That had to be a real, I don't, I don't want to say ordeal, but that was a real commitment. Yeah, no, just, uh, just uh, staying to be able to play the game. So after I, you know, first three years in the game and pretty much wrecked everything uh, leading up to that but we, we didn't have the medical attention the early days that you do now um, so my body I missed I think a hundred games in a row there going into my third third year and then from that time on I was two to four hours a day on a therapy table somewhere to be able to play the next 12 years of my career is just daily maintenance whether it be I'd get there at uh, six seven in the morning our trainer Chris Broadhurst looked after and he, he would because he'd have to spend all that time and then when everybody else got to the rink then I'd be off the table and he'd look after the rest of the team but uh, just the hours of making sure the body was able and 
most of the time you don't have to get get doing that till your mid mid thirties. But I run into it about early twenties uh, with the body. But that's that's part of sports. That's what all these all the players playing in the NHL today they're doing things to keep their bodies together. They're looking after. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that. We don't see. We, you know, we just see the when the game's on TV. The lights are perfect. That sweater's perfect. It looks perfect. But you don't understand or see any of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And everybody talks about the Leafs, where they've been, where they're going. Do you still feel that incredible bond with the Leafs, even though you're kind of detached from it in some ways? Oh no! You're always once you've played for the Leafs, and you're you're always attached. I'm still wearing blue. I got blue everywhere. I'm, but <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a great great team to be a part of and an organization organization and then what makes it great is is the city province and country that just rallies and is behind or it's it's the great love hate you either really love the Leafs or you really hate them but that's the fun part about playing the game you're going somewhere where you're hated that makes the game fun but uh, that 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 bond or connection is is always there it's it's where I've lived the longest is is in Toronto so it's not going away so as a captain, I mean that's that's not that's not for everybody. How, was that difficult, or what do you think of that? Well, it's um it's it's something that you're you're very honored, and you know you look at the guys ahead of you, George Armstrong, last guy to lift the the cup, Daryl Sittler, uh, guys like that, Ricky Vive was just ahead of me, kind of thing, and you're hugely honored when you can have the honor of wearing uh, the C in this in this town because there's a lot of things you deal with, and the biggest thing I tell guys after me that are wearing it is. You're you're the conduit for the team. You you may not have had that bad a game, but you might be the target and the one getting blamed for everything. But really, it's not a personal note. It's just you're the conduit, and that that then you have to understand that when you're wearing the C, you're that's just part of uh, being. Because when things are good, you're getting more credit than you should as well. It, it's a two way street, and and uh, that's all lease, but especially if you're uh, wearing a C in the town. You know, this is all about cancer, and I think when we talk about cancer, the least we, we think about uh, Pat Burns. And I'm wondering if, if if that sort of thing means something special to you. What he was? Well, Burnsy was the guy. We, you realize it more when you're done playing. Uh, when we had the reunion there, when Pat came back, and we were all in the rink, and and um, I think uh, he put that. You know, between uh, Cliff Fletcher building the team, and Pat was the guy putting it all together and changing um, the culture. And then you kept adding players, and he he molded. We had a very tight team that bought into everything he said. We didn't always maybe mentally agree because I always tell people that they think players and coaches have to get along really well. Well, they don't. That's your your coach is forty, fifty years old. The player is twenty year old. You're two different mindsets. You're not going to always think the same, but you have to be on the same page and you have to respect where you're going. And that was the key. Our our players respected the direction he had us going in, and we all uh, bought in and. Probably the tightest t- team I played on. I think one of the things that Bernsey said, he, he'd end up winning the, the Cup in, in New Jersey. And the, the team picture he has on the wall over the fireplace is the 93 team. We didn't win the Cup, but that was, he thought, you know, it was a, a team where the players could put the problems out before he had to deal with it or Cliff had to deal with it. So he really respected, uh, we didn't win the Cup, but he respected how everything kind of put together. He could, he, he spent time leaning on guys like Dougie or myself or different players that he knew if he leaned on us, there would be no complaining. But the rest of the team would rally. The great thing about our group, if he's coming in and he's hard on Todd Gill, we the rest of us go. It's a team game. Or it's not his fault we're losing. And and our team would really rally. Whether who and he, I think he knew that which players he could do and and would take it. And then the team would rally behind it. You know, there's all these little head games you're doing 
as a coach, and um, he he played it in our team. Like you say, that was as tight a team as uh, I ever played on. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, aside from how you got along or what happened in the dressing room, from what we saw on the ice, that had really good chemistry, didn't it? It, it did. You you, got, you bought in. I know it, I try to explain to people because you, people think I played with Dougie all year. I said, really, no, Dougie and I played together in the playoffs because Dougie would play on the first line and the third line and to create two number one lines. You have Anderchuk and Borchewski on one line and then myself and Pearson or Felino or Anderson on the uh, playing with Dougie in the playoffs. But regular season, I'd, I'd be on the third line and and uh, just the different roles. If I played with Dougie, I had more rope to make mistakes to try to score because that was our scoring line if you played with Dougie. If you didn't play with Dougie, I was dumping chase and finishing checks, and it didn't matter if we scored or not. You just eat it up ice time and made it hard on the other team to play against you. That was our role as a second, third, and fourth line. And if I didn't play that way, if I thought, okay, I'm off Dougie's line, and I'm now on the third line, I'm going to be fancy-dancy again, <laughs> Burns would be sitting you down, you go from the third to the fourth line. And we all had a role, and everybody bought in. Our fourth liners, we got some veteran players from good teams when Glenn Anderson, Krusalinski, Felino, all these guys leaders on other teams that were good and and they just bought into roles that you know 30 years old and they they fit in were great great team guys and understood the role that they had now have to accept you know Mike Flino probably one of the best you know you're you're captain of Buffalo Sabres and you're coming in and career 30 goal guy and you're now role player in another lineup sometimes and and just such a positive player that everybody bought in for the right cause well, you have a son that followed you into hockey. Um, I think he played in the Ontario Hockey League, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how difficult was it for you and for him because the expectations of him being the son of Wendell Clark? Um, minor hockey, probably harder than junior. He's playing with the Hershey Bears now, uh, drafted to Washington. He plays Hershey Bears third year as a 22-year-old. But minor hockey, probably. I, I always tell parents, and they don't understand, I said minor hockey is rougher than junior hockey in the NHL right now. Uh, the roughest hockey is minor hockey. Because uh, they think that's how you play every night, every shift, and really you get to pro hockey. There's not a lot of that. It's more organized, more controlled. And because he was my son, it, parents or coaches would say, finish your check, hit him, go out of your way, make sure it's a Clark kid, uh, see how tough he is. And my son grew up a little guy, a little skinny guy. So he always took the extra. So so basically I always said, hey, you have to have a big stick if you're not uh, you're not big. And, and so sometimes you'd have to put out his trouble but he, you learn to grow up in a hurry, and and uh, but he handled it way probably better than I would have would have handled it. But uh, it's it's just one of the things I watched all the other, whether it be Dougie's kids coming through, Darcy's kids coming through minor high. It's all the same. Tom Ferguson's son when they came through, their 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 kids all get extra special on ice attention. And but that's all part in the big picture. If you make it, it made you a better player because you're handling that stuff earlier. Um, so in the big picture, if if you do happen to go all the way, it, it helps you. Wendell, thanks very much for stopping awesome. by. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Great Good to, to see you guys. Again. Thank you. All right, that's Wendell Clark. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. He specializes in mortgage financing for purchases, refinances, home equity line of credit, and private lending. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, and this is going to be lickety-split. Yes, guy, no guy. Rapido. Go ahead, sir. The Yes Guy Show should put together a hockey team for this tournament. Yes, guy. 
<laughs> We're tight. Okay, that's a really tight answer there. Okay. Yes, guy. Uh, let's see. Oh, yes, guy, no guy. You love the Morgan Riley deal. Uh, Oh, I'm, I'm ambivalent. Can we have that one in there, right? Ambivalent guy. Ambivalent, like I think I said to you off air that I'm wondering how they're going to fit this into the cap next year. Somebody but, else's problem. Yeah, somebody else's problem. Okay, so one more. We'll do one more, and then we have to get out of here. The Paul Langlois-Wendell uh, Clark trade that we consummated today was fair. Oh, yes, yes, guy. I think we, I think we, we couldn't lose. That was a win-win. That's a real estate term, win-win. You got something, we got something there. Everybody's happy. Everybody leaves the table happy. So we'll end on that. Perry, great to see you again. It was fun doing this in person, on site. Hope we can do it again sometime. I was hoping you'd like take three seconds to answer, so we could like recreate the delay we normally work. With. Guy, guy, it's my anniversary today, and our anniversary is coming up in That's a right. few weeks. That's yeah. right. Yeah, fifty-two weeks. Where this is show. Happy 49. anniversary. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Yes Guy. Yes, yes Guy. <laughs> <laughs>